Hey everyone, I'm Fredo. And I'm Benji. And this is Apes on Tape Podcast. Welcome. Hello there, ladies and all gentlemen. Welcome to Apes on Tape Podcast. Good evening. This is uh, Fredo. Oh yeah, I'm Benji. (laughs) We've already said that in the intro. Yeah, we don't need to repeat that. No, we don't. Um, So, let's kick it off. Episode 20. Yeah, quite a milestone, isn't it? Crazy, isn't it? 20 episodes, 20 weeks. It's pretty cool. Mm. 10 out of 10. Well, 20 out of 20, actually. Wee. Nice one, man. So, what are you grateful for? Uh, I'm grateful for the fact that I've just completed uh, the mural, or mural, really. Uh, that I was doing in 22, uh, quizzing 22. Um, uh, it's been a while in the in the making, and I've been in there for like the last week putting it on the wall. And very surprisingly, um, for the very first time, I've I've got through the job pretty much start to finish without any crippling self doubt, which is something that usually um, usually I'm riddled with with a job mm. like this. Uh, I, I have like no self belief, and I think I'm going to mess it up, and I think I won't be able to finish it, and I I always think that like the next stage of the process is the one I won't be able to do like oh well I've I've designed it but now I've got to draw it on the wall and I like I draw it on the wall and I'm like well to be fair drawing it on the wall isn't the difficult part the difficult part is painting it and then I'm like well I have painted it but the, to be fair it's all in the outline really <laughs> and then I, yeah well I uh, usually usually I'm you know quite crippled by that sort of like overbearing um yeah, I can Internal imagine voice. there's a lot of pressure. I mean, li- like 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 we mentioned last week, like drawing a mu- mural on the wall when people mm. looking at you um, is quite a terrifying thing. Like yeah. your creative process is literally on display, but yeah. I, you've just finished it and I'm blown away by how good it is. Thanks, like, man. It's, it's so good. Yeah, lots of people have said they really like it and, and yeah, I did really enjoy the process and, and while while I, 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 I am proud of it, I, I do very quickly shift from being proud of something to like being able to see its flaws quite quite clearly. But uh hopefully it's like um it's like your own face when you look in a mirror and you're like, Oh look it looks chubby and you know, there's a spot over there and, mm. and people are like they don't they don't look at that, they don't see yeah. that. So um I'm kinda hoping that that's the that's the case with the mural and it's it's it was very really well received. Like yeah. um Tom loves it and it's you know, it's his his building, his business, so you know yeah. he's all that matters, really. But I think he shared it with other people that um, have have been equally uh, or um, impressed with it. So it's so it's, it's pretty awesome, man. I completely understand what you mean. Like when I I don't do artwork on the same work, same scale as you do. But whenever I f- I was like doing some sketching for the local magazine recently, mm. and whenever I would send in a piece, I'd be like, oh fuck, I should have shaded that better. As soon as you, you, mm. you put the stamp on it to finish yeah, it, you're exactly. like, oh God, like I, I could have done some, a shadow there or like some shading there mm. or that would have been better. I could easily have made that better. Yeah. And then by the time it's been printed on like some cheap paper, yeah. you're like, oh, that wouldn't have made a difference anyway. Yeah, but like- <laughs> <laughs> really, yeah. Yeah, I completely agree. Like uh, whenever, whenever you're going through a, like a creative process or like an artistic process, you're you've always got this internal progression in your head like you plan how something's going to turn out and obviously usually well certainly for me the thing that i can manifest and visualize in my head is millions times better than anything i ever get down on paper because i'm just not capable of translating the stuff that's going on in my head onto paper but like you know i I get somewhere and Mm. you know like there was one guy who came in today who's like hey look you 
I don't know where he was from, but he had a, a funny accent, and, he, um, <laughs> and um, it was just like really jolly and jovial, and he, he was just like a real fun guy, and he was like, hey, you you look at this picture, and you don't have to take drugs. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, sweet, thanks. That's actually, so- actually, you do have to take drugs. He was like, no, 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 it mean, I mean, you don't have to take drugs, it's like you're on drugs. I'm like, oh, okay, great. No. Well, come, come in here and take drugs whenever you like. <laughs> That's actually a really good compliment for a piece of artwork. Yeah, like, yeah. especially the, the sort of mural it was. Like, we, yeah. we posted a picture of it on our Instagram, uh, actually unfinished, so we'll have to get the, get, yeah. the, get the finished one up. But it's basically like floating islands with like crazy jets of water and mm. um, waterfalls and it's beautifully intricate and lovely mm. and yeah you're right it's like a very sort of kind of psychedelic oh thanks ish yeah yeah sort of. it's less psychedelic because it's only using the colour like six shades of the colour blue mm. which is the first time I've I've like used a, a limited colour pa- palette as strictly as as that but it was it was fun it was a difficult process and, and it, it was lovely like you were saying um, it's the it's the progression that you're sort of building up and you're believing you can fix it until you've put that stamp on it you're like oh well i'll just fix that on the next round or like you know Mm. i'll just you know improve that color or change that outline and then once you've once you finalize it you're like oh i realize i'm not going to improve it anymore so the Mm. the flaws just start to jump out at you and you're like oh shit i would definitely wouldn't do that again yeah and then it's really not a nice way to talk about something that you've you've produced like you know that obviously the customer doesn't want to know that they you think it's rubbish now (laughs) and and you know when someone's like Oh, you, you, your hair looks really nice today. You're like, oh, I just, I just came straight out of the shower. It's like, <laughs> hey, don't piss on my compliment, man. Yeah. Just, just accept it graciously and yeah. and be on your merry way. And that's that's what you don't want to say when someone's like, man, it looks sick. And you're like, well, his hair's kind of a bit squiffy, and I didn't draw his claws right. And you know, yeah. the water hasn't got a good reflection. They're like. That's quite a common thing, but it yeah, is, you're right. You, but it's, you should just own it and be like, "That's really awesome." Oh, cheers, man! Yeah, I worked really hard on it. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. Thanks yeah. for the compliment. Yeah, ex- exactly. Working yeah. really hard on like everyone will always sort of throw away like, "Oh, I, I just threw this together," or yeah. I, I, "It was just a fluke." Yeah. Like you, you never, you sort of never ex- ex- um, accept responsibility for your own merits, mm. and and more than that, not only not accepting it, you you're also sort of saying that you're way better than that already like oh no yeah whatever it was nothing yeah. like you know don't, don't even like oh if i tried i'd be way better but i wasn't even trying yeah yeah you know so i've had i've met a lot of people that find it really hard to take a compliment and i've taught quite a lot of people like or explain to them how how i take a compliment mm. and um i just say that's a very kind compliment thank you mm. and that's all you need to say mm. and when people have heard it explained in such simplistic terms like honestly like quite a few people have been like man that is such a like i've never thought about just saying those simple words mm. thank you that's a really kind compliment mm. and um instead they're always like oh no like exactly what you were like oh the, oh mm. I, you, you look nice today oh no i don't i've got a horrible yeah. thing. Oh, i haven't even ironed this dress you know yeah. it's my sister's it doesn't even fit you know yeah. give like give me a break it's, it's yeah. just a nice dress but uh, on the subject of your hair, it does look really good. Thanks. That's that's very kind of you to say. He's got that's his... what I that's what I always say. Thanks. That's very kind of you to say. It's not what I always say. I yeah. I often do the do the squirming and waving. It does. So for those of you that can't see Benji, he's got his hair down today, and he's got a backwards hat on, and you look cool as fuck. That's really kind of you to say. I'm trying incredibly hard. 
But it's so weird because I said that to you when I first come in and you were like, oh, that's really nice. I was like, yeah, but normally you've got a top knot. <laughs> so like the, the, the stark contrast of like looking really cool like a surfer dude and yeah. a wanker with a top knot. So it's sort of like... <laughs> it's like know, two ends of the spectrum. You giving someone a massive compliment because they've just served you a bowl of Rice Krispies when actually it's because yesterday you were eating human feces. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Exactly. These Rice Krispies are incredible. It's just Rice Krispies, man. Yeah, but, <laughs> yeah, but yesterday I had to eat poo. With a top knot. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, that's enough rambling from me. What's uh, what's on your gratitude list today? Well, uh, I actually wanted to tell you a little story. Like, what I'm grateful for is um, the medical... I mean, we actually had this, I think, on the podcast before. Like, the medical system in France, the healthcare I've received recently was phenomenal and so I guess I should start the story at the beginning uh, where I mean it's a little bit embarrassing but those of you know obviously I've got a spinal cord injury and I have to use a catheter to wheeze which means I stick a tube in my penis you know don't you because uh, you've done one it was terribly fun (laughs) Benji does a catheter was in a title of one of our episodes and Mm. if you missed that one two nurses inserting 30 centimeters of plastic tube up my urethra was a humbling experience. Yeah, it was funny because you said there's it's no hilarious. Way. No, there's you did because literally the the episode before you like there's no way that you could fit a thirty centimeter yeah, yeah, tube yeah. up your willy, and then I was like, well, and then you yeah. actually had it done. Yeah, yeah. After you had your hernia, um, but anyway, um, so I intermittent cath and it goes in and out of my urethra, and then I gave myself or somehow got urethral trauma, which. Uh, and there was blood coming out of my penis. I was bleeding from the dick, basically. Mm. And it was unpleasant. And then I, you know, long story short, I was like, oh, this is, this hurts. Uh, I do have sensation in my penis. It's not good seeing blood come out. <laughs> um, but, you know, I persevered. I, I was like, I'm not, I'm not going to make a fuss. And, and then I went to the doctor and I said, oh, well, I'm kind of bleeding from the dick. And she was like, when's the last time you bled from the dick? I was like, yesterday when I, when I asked for the, for the rendezvous. Yeah. And, you know, since then it, it's been fine. It's been going in, and mm. and she's like, well, okay, well, we'll we'll run a test. And I was like, I'm pretty sure I don't have an infection because I don't have a you know fever or mm. I don't feel like dog shit, and my legs aren't really spazzy. Mm. But you know, whatever. And then the couple of days after, like it got really worse, and I could not insert a catheter, mm. and I was like, I really need a wee, and my I think my urethral trauma is so bad that a catheter won't pass. And I've used five already and they just keep coming out with more blood on them. Mm. And I was like, well, this seems like an emergency. I should probably go to the emergency room. And I asked Lou and she was like, yeah. <laughs> and then I I put on a Facebook um, spinal cord injury page and they were like, yeah. And I was like, oh, still not sure. Is it really an emergency? And I um, called the emergency line yeah. and they were like, yes, you need to go to the emergency room. I was like, oh. And the, the, the thought of going to the emergency room down in Tonon at the hospital, I was dreading it. I was like, oh, I know that there's going to be people there like that are hurt and mm. injured and I'm just going to go in there like a knob and be like, oh, well, I'm having trouble weeing. I think I've got urethral trauma. And they're going to be like, okay, cool. Back in the waiting room, we've got broken bones to deal with and I was mm. like, I'm in for a long wait. And what actually happened was I was pleasantly surprised at just how bloody amazing the healthcare system is and mm. also underprepared for how serious my medical condition was. Mm. So I went in there, I was in quite a lot of discomfort and um, I just said to them, um, you have, uh, oh, sorry, and you have to take a ticket when you go in there, like mm, you're waiting yeah, for a piece for of, a shoe. Yeah, like you're waiting for a piece of cheese at Tesco, mm, yeah, yeah. at the deli. And you're like, okay, great. Um, 
anyway, th- this time passed a lot quicker than I thought. Said to the doctors, like, okay, cool. Um, I think I've got urethral trauma. My catheter's not going, and I've got spinal cord injury. I'm a paraplegic, and uh, I haven't, you know, my bladder's really full, and I need a wee. And they were like, okay, cool. Um, you know, how much pain are you in? I was like. Uh, seven out of ten and they were like okay cool uh when's the last time you had a wee and i was like yesterday and they were like what mm. i was like yesterday and they were like yesterday well you, you like what are you doing like mm. and i was like oh in my head i was like oh wow well done fred you've just jumped the queue there mate <laughs> and not completely missing the point of just how serious it was like mm. so what i didn't realize and i found out in hindsight is when your bladder's like very very full um the urine can travel back up into your kidneys, poisoning yourself with mm. your own urine, mm. and then all the bladder could burst. And that's, you know, this is like moments away from an operation. Mm. <laughs> and they're like, okay, cool, get in here. And um, he like scanned me, you know, with the. Yeah, I do know. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, but you've literally, you've literally had, the, yeah, yeah, it's yeah, a very similar situation yeah. to you. Um, if you've heard that story, yeah. So they scan your belly with like, you know, the sort of pregnancy scanner. Mm. And, and the doctor was like, look at this. This is this is a very full bladder, mm. <laughs> you know. Like this is not good. This is an emergency. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, yeah, no shit. That's why I'm yeah. here, mate. Do something then. <laughs> <laughs> so he suggested putting um, in an indwelling catheter, which is what I've got now. It's like one that stays in, and you sort of empty it mm. into like a leg bag. And um, and I was skeptical. I was like, Doc, like you know, I can't get the small. Did you say Doc? Was it the 1950s? <laughs> Hey, Doc, man, I don't know if we can make it back to the future. I don't know if that's going to fit in my urethra, man. (laughs) Great Scott, Marty, it's 1.21 centimetres. Yeah, well, it was bigger, it was wider than the the catheter I usually use. And I was like, (laughs) dude, like, I'm not sure that's going to go in there, like, if that's the solution. He was like, yeah, like, we'll get it in there, no worries, like, very confident. I was like, really? Where we're going, we don't need urethras. (laughs) So I said, look, man, I, you know, whatever, you're the doc. You're the doc. (laughs) You're the doc, doc. Do what you got to do. And um, I was like, I think it's going to really hurt. And he was like, it won't hurt. And I was like, okay. Um, So anyway, the nurse came in, (laughs) sidebar. The nurse came in and she wasn't unattractive. And She she was attractive then. <laughs> and she kind of, you know, got my, you know, she was like, you know, take your pants off. And then she had to clean the area mm-hmm. very thoroughly. Yeah. So as she was like sort of soaping, soaping me up. I recall that too. Yeah. I. <laughs> Fuck, it was harrowing, man. Like, uh, this, like I'll let you finish your story, no, but I'll just okay. interject with, with mine. Because I remember it so well, like, that when the first nurse came in and she was, you know, likewise, not unattractive. <laughs> and I was like, oh, you're going to have a look at my penis, are you? And yeah, she's like, yeah, whoosh, whoosh, rubber gloves on, and then, like, got the iodine out. And yeah. it's like, you know, like, really, I mean, she... You know, she'll know my penis better than most. The way she, she handled pick that, out in the lineup. yeah, for sure. Like there was like there was no no stone left unturned, <laughs> shall we say? And I was just there, just like wow, this is so, you know, vulnerable. This is a bit like you know, as she's looking down the barrel and like you know, all right, I, th- I think I think you got it. You know, I think you could I think it's fucking clean, love. You know, want to pop that down now? And I was. Just, uh, so yeah, it's just sort of it's very funny, just sort of being being witness to to you know this sort of slapdashery but very thorough cleaning routine 
on you know something that you've only shared with with a select number of very special people exactly and like, other than that you know even you haven't given it that much attention to before <laughs> exactly so i know what you mean like when she was cleaning it it was it was thorough mm. it was thorough mm. and I, and you know she's sort of soaping me up and i, mm. I was like Oh yeah, cool. and then all of a sudden I had that feeling. I was like, "Oh God! Oh, please don't get a boner! Please yeah. don't get a boner! This is definitely not appropriate." <laughs> no. And I, and this is not a common thought when you have a spinal cord injury. No. Normally, it's like, "Please don't go away." <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, I was like, all of a sudden, like, "Oh no, no, God!" Um, and I just sort of like had to like stop, and like as I stopped thinking about it, she stopped touching it in that in that sort of soaped up um way <laughs> sort of. oh my god and i was so, like okay cool that 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 part's over because i yeah. was very nearly yeah. did you have the same experience i actually didn't know i wasn't i wasn't aroused by the situation at all no i could that's because th- you couldn't feel your dick no it was numb it was there was nothing exactly but I then had... that's not necessarily a reason not to be aroused like it's completely like involuntary a lot of the time mm. it's pretty reasonable to think that if you know someone is you know, mm. paying it that amount of attention, like it, it, it could well, like it, I was completely, you know, I was unaware of any sort of sensation or exactly. whatever was going on. But like, I, I, I doubt. I mean, so your, I, I, your, I was watching it. it didn't, nothing yeah. Happened. So your dick was numb, and I certainly wasn't uh, mentally aroused. But I could feel myself getting physically aroused. Uh, like I had yeah, full, yeah. Oh, well, yeah. not full sensation, but my spinal cord injury sensation, which yeah, is, yeah, yeah. you know, is what it is. But yeah. I, I was still. <laughs> you know yeah, yeah, and yeah. I was like oh no like no no no, no. no. <laughs> that's, that's that's yeah anyway yeah. Um, so yeah back to the back to the story oh, oh, penis is that was a funny little sidebar so anyway uh, after so, oh yeah and then she gets this um this gel like this anal um sorry uh, excuse me <laughs> it's getting a little bit get a little bit saucy over here <laughs> I mean anal anal she flipped me over analgesic gel right yeah, yeah not anal gel analgesic <laughs> so this analgesic gel and it's a full <laughs> it's, it's a, a full syringe yeah and then she's like I'm, so I'm gonna put I was like where's where's that going and well, like I think you know where it's going either it's right, not, not going in your bloody eyes is right it? in the jappers mate <sighs> and, um, and then she pulled the plunger and I was like oh my god like or pushed the plunger and I was like that entire syringe has gone in to my penis yeah. and I was like I didn't even though I've put obviously catheters in there I never realised you could inject fluid yeah it goes upstream that, yeah as well, it goes yeah. upstream as well and then I was There's like okay fish isn't there that can swim upstream of your wee when you're weeing and latches onto the inside of your um, urethra really a mm. fish yeah, well yeah I mean a very very small fish it's probably more like an insect or a microbe but are you like, making this up no 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 how interesting and that's how it what so you have to be careful when you're like urinating in in wild water and stuff like that or like if you just if you just have a wee while you're like standing in certain bodies of water obviously i can't warn you because i don't know the proper name for what you know where these dangerous bodies of water are but you know it's it's there's a fish that can swim up a stream of piss into your urethra and then it's got like um I can't remember what the word is. Barbs. Yeah, like, you know, no. spines you're, that you're, catch, catch themselves. That's made up. That doesn't exist. Okay, well, we'll let you know about um, the, you know... I need a fact check. Yeah, we'll do a fact check. This and is then fake news. Next, uh next week, you can see if uh, I'm I'm telling you... It's like smash, I'm just saying, like... it. Me and Alex or, and Carl would call it Smash Mouth the Nazis. What's Smash Mouth the Nazis? 
Smash. Oh, Smash Mouth and Nazi. Oh, right. Yeah. Smash, Smash Mouth are a, are, a, are a popular popular band, or they were a popular band. And we were talking about, we had we were playing one of their songs, and I was like, Is, aren't Smash Mouth Nazis? <laughs> and they were like, what are you talking about? I was like, I'm pretty sure they're Nazis. They're all Nazis. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, don't quote me on this, but that's what I think. I think they're Nazis. And they're like, are you sure? I was like, well, I'm definitely not sure, but like, I've got a feeling they are. Tell me you Googled it. And then we Googled it. Uh, and obviously, uh, I was completely, completely wrong. I did say like, I don't think I know what I'm talking about. We'll, we'll check it out. Like I was, I had my phone out ready to Google yeah. it, j- just as I said it. Like I was, I don't, don't, don't quote me on this, but I think they are. And then it was what happened is like, uh, Smash Mouth um, are not Nazis. <laughs> they had just like um, posted something on Twitter, and then it had been retweeted by um, like a white supremacy, like you know. Um, oh, okay, right. Uh, Nazi, so you'd Nazi got this, group. So th- I, that seed was planted in your head. Yeah, yeah. And then f- forevermore, now if someone says something that we want to call bullshit on, we're like, a smash mouth Nazis. Ah, uh, I see. Yeah, it's like yeah. Our, our fact checker, our fact checker phrase. Got it. So I'm not Nazis. saying that it couldn't be a thing, but for a, a, I mean, how? Maybe I'm using the word fish a little too uh, flippantly. Although there's no such thing as a fish, so. There's no it. such thing as a fish. This is an. This is an. I would definitely want to get back to the analgesic bit, but this is a crazy sidebar, and I want to continue it. Like, there's it. What? There's no such thing as a fish. There's no such thing as a fish. No, that's right. Okay. There's a podcast actually named after it. It's, it's because uh, a study was done on on a very wide range of different species of fish, and it turned out that there was actually nothing within their like DNA fabric that was categorically fish-like so one could be so different from another that there was actually no general body that you could put every fish into because they were they were too they were too wildly different from one another so actually there's no such thing as a fish that's an interesting tangent hmm. and one of these no such thing fishes can swim up your willy if swim you're not up a stream of urine yep you Surely know the... Why don't we have a timeout and I'll I'll pause it and we'll check. No, fuck Come no, on. no. This tangent. It'll gone be on, interesting. This tangent's gone on long enough. Honestly, I want to okay. I want to get back All to right. my story. Analgesic. <laughs> anal anal gel mm-hmm. down the <laughs> down the jappers, and um and then she was like, this is this is like a numbing fluid, and um, I was like, okay, cool. Do, you, you know, what are you doing? Are you googling it? Yeah. Stop googling. <laughs> You're really putting me off. I'm Sorry. trying to tell a story here. Sorry. Yeah. Um, uh, so she, and then she's like, um, "Okay, now I'm gonna, now I'm gonna put the uh, put the tube in," and I was like, "Oh God, this this is the bit where it's gonna hurt," and I could feel it going in, and I was like, "This is the bit where oh. this is where the bit where there's usually resistance. This is the bit where I, you know, I can't push through." And I was like, "Oh God," and she was like, "Breathe," and I was like, "Oh God, I told you it wasn't gonna work. I knew it wasn't gonna work." And she's like, "There you go," and I was like, "What?" She's like, "It's in." And you could just feel, like, hear the bag filling up. And uh. I was like, oh, oh, God, yes. I feel the relief. Uh. And I was like, oh, that didn't hurt. Yeah. And, um, yeah, it was really funny. And then, I, um, interestingly enough, a, a litre of urine. Oh, we're litre buddies. Litre buddies. Yeah. A litre of urine came out of my... That is... And yeah. they were like, yeah, that's that's a lot. Like, that's the limit. Like, yeah. that's dangerous. Like, yeah, we're, yeah. We're, you, I'm glad you came in when you did. And yeah, I was like, yeah. wow. Yeah. Me too. Interesting. Um, yeah. Well, I got this. I got the same response. 
Yeah. From and then, Lolita, yeah. Yeah. And then the doctor came in and he was like, did it hurt? And I was like, kind of sheepishly like, no. <laughs> it's like, I told you it wouldn't. Uh. And I was like, okay, well, well done. Well, well, done. well done, Doc. Yeah. <laughs> you told me it wouldn't. Nice. But uh, so anyway, yeah. Um, so what I'm grateful for is um, the fact that I was dreading going to the emergency room after suffering a bit of a medical emergency, going to the emergency room and getting some insanely good health, like healthcare. Like the doctor was amazing. Like he insisted on speaking English to me. And I was like, dude, honestly, just, just say it in French. And he's like, no, no, no. I know the English word. And um, I was like, okay, cool. Um, And then he, you know, the nurse was just so lovely and professional and, everyone was just so nice like okay cool you came in with a dangerously full bladder and now you're leaving with an indwelling catheter a Mm. prescription for medicine and an appointment with a urologist Mm. and i was like wow that's so cool i packed an overnight bag i was like i'm definitely not going home tonight Mm. and um they were i was out in a few hours and it was all for free and i just thought that was the top of my gratitude list i was like man i was close to being it was very seriously ill mm. and I just got saved by a super kind doctor yeah and amazing yeah just couldn't believe how good the French healthcare was and that my friend is what I'm grateful for yeah rightly so sounds great well congratulations I'm glad it went as well as it possibly could given the situation that you did have blood coming from your willy it's not a sight that anyone wants to see is it yeah so, but now I'm, I'm in the get pre- well soon my friend thanks pal but now I'm in the predicament of um, I've gone from like being super grateful to being a little bit bummed mm. that I've got an indwelling catheter because when you've got an indwelling catheter it means you're constantly carrying around a bag of piss <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's not what everyone wants to have in their satchel is it and I don't like it like, some fresh oranges perhaps your wallet the keys you know maybe a book or oh no I've got urine yeah but I I know that it's temporary which is great and I know that some people you know have it permanently and that's also fine like you, you gotta do what you gotta do if you've got a disability um, but I I think it's just from a pure vanity thing i'm just like oh i don't want to carry a bag of piss around with me because yeah. i i just you know yeah. what if something happened you know what if like a you know a dog ran into you and like like <laughs> 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 it or like you know a child threw its a stick and it ruptured it you know it's yeah. all, it's, you know you never want to be caught with a bag of piss do you no. really you know it's, yeah. it's like some of those horrible stories where like you know the, the poo doesn't flush, so they bag it up and they're like, oh, no, I, I locked it in the flat accidentally. And there's just, a, <laughs> you know, you, you never want to be caught red-handed. And I, yeah. I guess that's the sort of like, sort of like a little secret that you're harboring when you like, you know, you see someone like, hey, friend, how's it going? You're like, oh, my God, I've got a bag of piss. 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 <laughs> exactly. Don't look at the bag of piss. Don't look at the bag of piss. It's not a bag of piss. Exactly. But the other thing is, um, so... It took me, uh, this is a little bit embarrassing to admit, but it took me two days to um, tape the top bit of the catheter to my leg mm. because obviously um, when it's just flailing around mm. and it's um, it's a big bag, um, it can be quite heavy. In it. And the last time I had one of these, I was in the hospital and I couldn't feel my dick. And mm. you know what that's like. Mm. And when you just can't feel your dick, you, you don't. You don't mind it like tugging on the inside oh, of your breath. Don't. Oh, so, so, everyone who is listening to this, 
crossing their legs and cringing. Shuddering at the oh. thought. Well, anyway, so now I've got... Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Now I've got sensation in my penis. I... It's incredibly uncomfortable. I find myself like, ooh, ah, oh. like wincing, oh. like all the time. Oh, like, I'm ooh. wincing now. And um, and then it took me like, oh, I can't believe it took me two days to be like, oh, if I tape the top bit mm. to my leg, then that won't happen. Mm. And uh, also, it took me two days to go to the pharmacy to get a smaller bag because mm. at the moment I'm lugging around this two litre bag when mm. actually there are five hundred milliliter small bags that can strap to your calf and mm. like are much more discreet and I've been lugging this one around <laughs> two like, kilograms of wee everywhere <laughs> yeah. ridiculous dragging it along it's terribly my dick. uneconomical <laughs> so so yeah anyway like uh, so I'm a, like equally a mega grateful but also a little bit bummed that mm. I'm sort of you know I've sort of taken a little step back and mm. but you know also my body is healing hopefully that yeah. trauma well, is healing yeah. well yeah it's not a step back. It's just a, an injury, like you know, like anyone has. You, you, like when you break your arm and you're in a cast, it's not a, you're not mm. taking a step back. It's just just a mental affliction, uh, physical affliction that you've got to deal with for a little bit. But exactly, anyway, that's such a Godspeed to your such a great analogy to your healing, my friend. I hope I hope it gets better. It's like I've got a cast on my penis. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. It'll get better soon. It'll get better. I think we've said the word penis enough in the first half an hour. Or penis, so. penis, penis, penis. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, all right, cool. Should we uh, shift gears? What did you want to talk about? I think I had some I wanted to talk about. What I wanted want to, talk? to talk about the subject of um, it's typical for older people to become more conservative in their political views and oh, yeah. younger people to be more liberal. And the irony being, you know, old people used to be liberal um, and then they their political views change. Mm. Uh, and... The reason I asked this was because uh, I thought it was an interesting topic and I've got to become 39 recently and I realised that I was like like a, like a big lefty mm. and I'm certainly not like a conservative but I feel like, uh, I think I mentioned this before on the podcast, how I think that ideas should have their own merit, like, like we should live in maybe like a meritocracy and mm. this whole left-wing, right-wing tribalism. I'm not identifying with either party at the moment or or either side of the political spectrum. I just feel like, oh, there's some good ideas there and there's some good ideas there and I just wanted to talk about it, really. And what are your thoughts? Yeah, I'm, I mean, I wonder what sort of, like, section of the population in time that we are saying that, you know, young people will b- become conservative uh, as they get older. Like, is that just, like, a section that we're looking at from from previously or is this something that like repeats you know over hundreds of years or are we just like sort of observing like oh well those people used to be liberal and now they're not and these people are now liberal and but they probably will become conservative or is we are working on like a circular basis of this it's a really good question i don't know the answer I, i just know that it's I've heard it loads. I think it's quite typical. I like I did research it very briefly and and like there was a lot of things that corroborated it like mm. generally older people become more conservative as they get older and I don't know whether like maybe people's values change like when you're young you're very like open and free and when you're older you usually have children and you you know you you know it's very common to worry about your children mm. and sort of be quite more you know conservative and mm. I don't know I don't I just thought it was, it was up for discussion I'd love yeah. to hear your thoughts on it yeah I guess children would make a big a big difference to it like as soon as you have children your your circle of concern 
tightens massively and I've seen it you know I've got many examples of it of lots of lots of my close and, and dear friends who I will have like very interesting and alive chats about you know politics and the current social situation and you know geography you know religion whatever and then like and then they they all have a child and and suddenly all they they talk about is their their child and you know it's not necessarily boring because you know I might be equally interested not equally but I might be interested in their child and you know obviously people that are important to me I'm going to care about their kid but it is very noticeable that it's like oh it's yeah you're you're yeah of course we're talking about your kid again we're not talking about global politics or religion or, or philosophy or whatever yeah uh, you make a fantastic point your priorities shift immensely don't they mm. like i suppose if you're young and you want a cause to sort of you know a, a cause like something to care about you want something to care about you want, oh like, this is a worthy cause for me to care about and mm. put my energy into and then as soon as you have a kid you're like okay cool i've like this don't is time for that this yeah. is my priority now yeah, like for sure i think yeah, yeah you made a really good point kids I don't think you even have to have like a cause like when you're when you're younger like you're you're going through education you're like being made aware of new things constantly like you're 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 growing your mind and you're growing your personality and you're you're you know you're growing your perspective you're you're finding out a way to feel about things and when you get told and exposed to things that you see to be unfair like oh you know these people aren't allowed in our country because they've come from come from a different one or their skin is a different colour or whatever mm. th- that's something you care about and then suddenly you've got a child and you're like oh that, that that does suck for them but like I've got this like tiny little creature of sentient beingness that I love more than I've ever loved about any anything else anyone else obviously you know it is sad that you can't get in our country but actually I I kind of have to care yeah. about my son's education yeah, exactly. a, bit, a bit more than your you know and then I suppose like the fear stories and the media would affect you more because um, if you you know people are saying uh, you know the the, the brown people are bad, mm. uh, which is a common narrative. Um, as a younger person, you'd be like, well, that's not my experience, blah blah blah. Um, mm. But then, as maybe a person with children, you'd be like, well, even if that's if you know, even if there's a one percent chance that that's true, mm. I need to protect my child, and mm. perhaps that's why people are like, well. Mm. I don't know. I mean, that, I'm just spitballing here, but yeah, I think like you're right. Children make an enormous difference. What do you think about the the interesting um, like point to this perspective that like there's there's just two options for like the entire spectrum of human human experience, human understanding, and human emotions, and you get box one or box two. Which one, like liberal or conservative? That's it. That's, yeah, it. that's, that's all right. you've got. Like uh, to have two choices based on you know the insane complexity of how a human can behave and how it can enjoy and experience life it is insane mm. that like you know i mean the the choice we get in the supermarket over breakfast fucking cereals is massive yeah. but really when we want to talk about not just breakfast but how our lives are run you are option 1 or option 2 yeah. or no 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 option what they're both fucking shit yeah. Well, you know, pick one because otherwise you're going to go hungry. There's no yeah, exactly. breakfast cereal for you, Jimmy. Exactly. So when when you're faced with the with the option, say for example, using uh, American politics as an example, when you've got Joe Biden or Donald Trump, you're like, oh, well, can can I have neither? No. Mm. Well, ugh. God, yeah. well, I, I guess Joe Biden then, but yeah. like, at, at least <sighs> he won't be around forever. At least he's. Yeah, I mean, like. 
it's like you're on the Titanic and you like got to pick the captain and you're like really like yeah. there's someone better on the ship yeah. that can steer us yeah, you yeah. know what I mean yeah but these two old fuckers like yeah. on, these are the only two people that are qualified to steer the boat and yeah. you're like really yeah what like there's loads of people on this boat that can do a better job like yeah. we could all like pitch in and yeah. you know no it's terribly overcomplicated you got <laughs> there's a lot of there's a lot of bureaucracy you there's, wouldn't understand but trust a, me it's either shit option one or shit option two yeah this binary choice is is just rubbish really it's, and it's interesting to maybe sort of like flirt with the concept of of a of you know not a conspiracy theory but like the idea that we are we are pitted against one another and that's a, a very easy way to control us mm. is to to be made angry at your equal rather than the people who are pulling the puppet strings like they happen to be collecting a very large sum of money to make our political choices about life, of which they hand down to us foolishly, like, hey, should we stay in Europe? Isn't that your fucking decision, mate? Yeah. Uh, aren't we paying you literally hundreds of thousands a year for you to make these political... No, you you do this one, man. Yeah. Really? Okay, no. Are you sure? Y- yes. All right, fine. Like, mm. we're paying you to make these decisions and you're, fail- you're, fa- you're failing to do that, giving them to us, and we're messing it up because we're fucking idiots. Well, yeah, it's not just that. I mean, that you're talking about the Brexit referendum, obviously, but there was a lot of media influence. It was like this whole like battle of who can sway public opinion. It was mm. very bizarre, and I agree. Those um, uh, decisions should be left to professionals, and not just politicians, but like professionals. Mm. Like again, like if we ha- if we live well-read, in- educated people, yeah. that are directed in the appropriate manner to make a decision not exactly. like you know a florist and a truck driver obviously opinions matter but like you know you you know oh you know you don't you don't all ask Rolf Harris to to cook you a meal or or you know <laughs> Gordon Ramsay to cut your grass like it's not it's not what you do yeah exactly or look after your kids. No, you wouldn't. You wouldn't, you wouldn't <laughs> ask help it. I forgot, Rolf. Couldn't, was, ha- couldn't I mean, help no, it. Sorry. Couldn't help it. Um, I'm sorry, I wanted to talk a little bit more about being pitted against one another because I actually just remembered um, a friend of ours, Cecile, she's reading a book at the moment um, by Emma Emma Darabi, Darabi, I think. Yeah. Um, uh, and it's called What White People Can Do Next. Oh. And uh, it sounds great. I haven't read it, but I'm definitely going to. It sounds very interesting. And, and Cecile was recounting a bit to me uh, the other day, and it was actually explaining um, more or less the birth of, of slavery. And it was uh, was rooted in um, in this this sort of one movement um, where, like, um, basically, it it used to be the affluent, you know, the the premier, the elite of society versus the versus the peasants versus yeah. the lower the lower more meager you know poorer poorer side of people and um it, you know slaves were just the poor people they were white and black and there was no uh there was no discrepancy there was no like there was no discrimination between white or black uh, it was just it was just poor and rich and then there started to be revolts and rebellions and the poor were, were rising up against the rich and um they realized the only way to do this was uh. to create create this uh, this hierarchy. And what they did is they just made black people less important than poor white people. So it wasn't just rich and poor. It was rich and poor, but poor black people are even worse than poor white people. Mm. And then that 
stops the the rebellion, stops the the poor people, you know, oh, going see, at the rich, yeah. and then suddenly they went at each other, and that was like the birth of us discriminating against black people. And they were like, "Oh, how can we do this? We're we're the enemy. Oh, make make them the enemy. Make the the enemy within them." Well, then surely, if everyone, if there was no discrimination, there would be uh, black people that were rich as well. In the in the in the upper echelon, uh, I don't think that was the case. But any because like we then, we still in insle- we still you know stole slaves from Africa and took them to America. Okay, so stole, stole black people and made them slaves. Yeah. Them so America. what I'm saying is, like, if you said people, are you saying this is after slavery? No, this is, uh, like, well, to be honest, I haven't read the book. I will. Like, okay. You know, I'm just regurgitating what Cecile was telling me. But it was a very interesting excerpt from the from the book that that's you know. That racism wasn't a thing, discrimination yeah. wasn't a thing until it was made a thing, in, as a as oh, a so way to like alleviate. It, it didn't naturally evolve. It was no. It was, it was like something that was you know manufactured. Yeah, manufactured by humans so that they could stop the uh, the poor revolting against the rich. Interesting, interesting perspective. Yeah, sounds pretty cool. Mm. Um, but yeah, when you were talking about people getting pitted against each other, I was sort of more talking about like left and right and the tribalism of the the well, two sides of the political political spectrum and i think that again like you were saying that that is uh maintained really mm. um so people i don't know like you say you, you have this benign choice of like two people which you really don't want to vote for but because you're so tribal and you're like you've picked a side and what you know you know you know maybe your choice maybe your candidate isn't the best but at least it's not the other guy mm. and you, it's more that you want the other team to lose then you want your own team to succeed, mm. if you know what I mean. Absolutely. Have you ever listened or like watched even for a little bit, like the the Parliament TV? Mm. Oh God, it's terrible. It, it's insane. Like that, there's no intelligent conversation that's going on, and it's it's it is literally dissing the other. Pe- it's like a uh, like a posh rap battle. Yeah. Constantly, <laughs> like except they they don't rhyme it's and they like sound a, like it is like a posh rap battle that doesn't rhyme you're well, absolutely I've, right i've almost i've i don't think i've ever heard I, obviously granted i don't watch it very often uh, if at all anymore but i did mm. um when i was younger and i i've never seen someone get up and be like hey we're doing this and we're going to do this and this will be great or like what have you got any ideas it's like this idiot thinks he can do this uh, do you know they haven't done this for six years and it's like what who who cares man like yeah. what are you, what are you going to do and why are you just yeah. like why your why is your only method of elevating yourself to rip this person down i care about what you you know that you're going to do what you say you're going to do and what are you going to do because for an hour now i've just li- been listening to you literally diss each other like this is some sort of eaten playground for idiots yeah Mate, I couldn't agree more. I couldn't agree more. I think I heard it on a podcast once. Um, it, it's definitely not, not one of my own anecdotes, but uh, it, it certainly could be. But like someone was uh, at the, like the tail end of a of an acid trip or something, and they caught. I think it might have even been Russell Brand actually. Like, and he caught the um, the political debate on the television. And as he watched it, he was like, "These people can't be in charge of us, surely." Because when you when you do look at their behaviour from an objective perspective, or even just I don't know, like you say, just, just even sober. Mm. <laughs> You're like, oh my god, this is this is ridiculous. These are the people that are in charge. Like mm. these idiots, these buffoons that are like exactly like 
boosting themselves up by putting the other one down mm. and like this slanging match of, of it's not a meritocracy it's not like hey I've got some ideas like what, what are your ideas like what, mm. what are my ideas maybe we could steel man each other's ideas mm. and come to some sort of solution on which you know m- mm. maybe what course to take it's like the two captains of the Titanic bickering mm. while heading straight for the iceberg yeah, yeah, which yeah. is a very apt um, yeah. analogy of kind of what's going on at the moment Yeah, but it, it's like, like hey why don't you know should we go left? Should we go right? Well, well, I don't know, but like, you've got to steer the ship in one direction mm. because we're going to hit the iceberg, yeah. and we're just maintaining the status quo. And mm. that's a great analogy. What a metaphor! Yeah, well done, nice one. I like the Titanic metaphor. It's, quite it's good. sort of um, sort of reminding me of the book The Island and the way kids are brought up, and it, it sort of gives you the idea that um, you know, it's well, you need a mum and a dad because you need that diversity mm. already and already we're we're only choosing one parent when it comes to the political system there's not even like two points of view it's just one mm. um and the island the book by Aldous Huxley Huxley um sort of alludes to the fact that it would be a much better idea to have many people bringing up your child and obviously mm. even even the the narrowness that will come from having two people's opinions is far too narrow and it should really be an entire tribe that brings up a child and and that's what is the opposite of what is happening with our political system is we we have the viewpoint of just one one way of thinking essentially there's no diversity and diversify is the way to to be to be better at everything to be stronger at everything you know you, you don't have you don't have one stock you don't only invest in in Tesla, because if it if it tanks, then you've lost it all. You know, you, yeah. you diversify. You don't only grow bananas because if there's a banana disease, you don't have any food. Diversify, 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 and we have no diversity whatsoever in our political system. And we just like, like you say, we've just got a, a binary choice. I wonder what you think about you know the movement that Russell Brand created um, a long time ago. Uh, now. Yeah, um, the revolution with no with yeah. like not voting. I yeah. Agreed with that at the time. I was I was younger, mm. and I think he doesn't even agree with him his point of view nowadays. He he sort of admo- openly admits that that was a bit naive. Mm. Um, but I I feel like my view, I, I don't know if the f- audience are familiar with uh, Russell Brand, but like I align very much with him. <laughs> he he's got a podcast as well. Yeah, but like what I'm saying is like when I, I watch a lot of his YouTube videos and like I'm mainly on the side of, of of where he's going but like when he was saying about the whole like not voting because I, I totally feel apathetic like I don't want to vote for either of these mm. people because you know I don't believe and his um <laughs> his narrative was like don't vote at all and again as he's grown I think my own views have grown like I did agree with that at the time now I think it's naive and I don't know what the answer is but I know that I feel like passive like there's not much I can do there's not much I can do mm. apart from be a passive observer. And like I said, yeah, I'm probably not going to vote. Um, well, because mainly because I live in France and mm. uh, I would probably vote if I lived back in the UK so I'd have a broader understanding of what was going on. But like what I'm saying is I hel- I can't f- help feeling h- hopeless. Mm. And like as if like my the, the choices that I'm giving aren't going to make that much of a difference so why do you think it's naive to not vote because i i happen to still be of that uh of that party of not voting because the because then people can get away with more i think you've got to be sort of politically active more but do you not think the way to be politically active is not to engage in the broken system like if you if you don't believe that the system of like you know 
herding and killing cattle is a good one you 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 engage in you know actively not being part of that system by not buying the product you know and that's that's the same with that's the same with politics like if as soon as you vote you're agreeing that the system is is currently functioning you're you know you're you're engaging in the in the foolish pantomime of like here's my vote and as far as anyone concerned because all you get is a ticked box it's not like a, a tick tick box and with a little angry face next to it like oh, I wouldn't don't really want this one it's mm. just yeah okay this number of people said yes to this person so you you go do what you want like um Extinction yeah. Rebellion and and Greenpeace are both backing uh, a large campaign to to stop recycling. Mm. Um, I, I think it maybe it's, maybe it's um, Extinction Rebellion more than more than Greenpeace. I actually don't remember. Don't quote me on this research yourself. But like the point is that because you know in in recycling in people being given that action like oh I'm doing well I'm recycling we are given the false uh, impression that, you know, we're working, that, it, it, you know, it's going to be okay. Like, oh, it's okay. I'm going to buy this product. I'm going to buy this bottle. I'm going to buy this packaging because it's got recycling on it. And I know I can recycle it, which I I know is safe for the environment. And actually that's... It's just alleviating your guilt. Exactly. And that's what you're doing when you're voting. You're like, oh, you're just involving yourselves in the system and playing under the facade that, you know, it seems to be working. I guess so. Uh, the kickback would be if you like the people that you're going to encourage to not vote are most likely going to be all people that follow Russell Brand and they kind of be they'll probably be like young people um so pretty much like the liberal end of the spectrum mm. so it'll be like more of a conservative landslide because the older people will think that's nonsense um do you know what I mean the the younger people will be easier to convince like mm. it would work if everybody didn't vote you see where I'm, see where yeah, I'm going with yeah, this? Yeah, you make a very good point for sure. And then you've just got a, a, an entirely... Cons- I, I guess, well, I guess it it still sort of, you know, lends itself to the fact that, you know, you require a new system mm. because you're you're trapped. You're, you're snookered into, into oh, voting. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, there's, there's really nothing you can do. And, like you know, it, it's not exactly a new idea to overthrow the government, like, the, you know, the French Revolution, Guy Fawkes, mm. you know... It, you, it always feels like we're at the pinnacle, we're at the peak. Like, oh, it's never been like this. There's going to be a revolution. But, like, mm. you know, I'm pretty sure Guy Fawkes was, was like, like, well, they're pro- I probably won't get a revolution. But, uh, you know, later they will. Like, mm. Everyone there was, you know, if not more instilled with that um, that idea. Yeah, I think uh, uh, I think there's better ways to run the country. Like, I think uh, for sure, like, a meritocracy would be, you know, and, and just people that didn't shout at each other. And, like, tribalism needs to end and this is just my I'm just riffing now I haven't really thought this through but like if if I was to do things differently if I was to do things differently I think there'd be less polarisation there'd be less um, media influences I think it's hard isn't it because you want you can't you want the free media but the media is being influenced there's lobbyists There's it's a corrupt system man I, mm. I think people should be able to okay how, okay, I've, I've, okay how, I don't, I don't have the would, answer I thought I was like oh, this, this is just this do this this is how you do it um, I, I, I think if someone posed me the question like hey if you were overlord dictator you know what what would you do it's certainly not like I'd just do this like it's like, I, I would have no idea other than I'd probably just constantly regurgitate the words decentralization. you know live 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 in small communities in the woods. Energy know. particles <laughs> connected. <laughs> exactly, and while that is something I do want to do, you know, it obviously doesn't work 
um, with the vast number of you know nigh on eight billion people that are yeah continuing to grow and inhabit this planet. I want to go off on a tangent. Um, so imagine if you were in a place to okay, this is a mad conspiracy theory that I don't even know if it's got roots. I haven't read it. It's just an idea that I've had. But imagine you are privy to some information. For example the world is going to shit because of overpopulation and we need to restrict people's freedoms but they're never going to give them up voluntarily because we're too used to you know cheap goods but we do need to steer the boat in a different direction and the quickest and easy way to do this like i said in episode two of our podcast the thought experiment would be to halve the population of the world now um again there's no truth in this whatsoever i'm just had this wacky idea but if you were in the place to be privy to this knowledge and and being like okay cool we're all going to pretend that you know um climate change is is being solved but actually we're actually all going to die the only real way to do it is to kill off loads of people couldn't you say for example if you were a billionaire and you had immense power microsoft Well, I there's no there's no truth in this. I, I, I'm just, I honestly think that Bill Gates. You make up your own minds. I honestly follow that, my YouTube channel down the rabbit hole with idiot psychedelics. <laughs> the world is flat. There's a hole in the middle of it, and God is you know ET. <laughs> but say right, if you were Bill Gates, and to be. To be fair, I honestly think Bill Gates has done a lot of philanthropy. Uh, he's, he's, I, I, I trust the guy. But imagine if you were to no be... more than I trust the next lizard no, man. No, no, but right. Let me let me get my point across. Say if you are at the at the okay, the Titanic. I'm gonna fucking use my Titanic metaphor again. You're the captain of the Titanic, and you're like the sh- the, the boat is getting too heavy. We're going to sink, mm. and you're like right, like the population is expanding on this boat quite rapidly. And I don't want the boat to sink. I'm the captain of the boat. I, or at least I have a bloody... I'm privy to some information. Like, picture it as a movie. You know, like, you're, like, in the boat somewhere. You're not the captain, but you're, like, you've got a lot of power. And you're like, fuck, I need to get half the people off this boat. Mm. Uh, and then all of a sudden, I don't know, there's an opportunity that presents itself. I don't know how, but, like... you it's know, not very good analogy, then. But, yeah, you were to sort of... I don't know. I like Put half of them into leaky lifeboats. I... I don't know, or maybe like create a vaccine that like uh, this is mate. Don't quote me on any of this. Literally riffing, create a vaccine that like kills off um, people's ability to reproduce. Mm. So you know, in one generation's time, we're not killing off people. We're just stopping them, you know, procreating. Mm. Um, so obviously, you'd want to roll that out to the elderly first. So that that's the first hurdle of this uh, of this conspiracy theory. Yeah. But what I'm saying is, uh, I mean, why make the vaccine? Surely, surely the surely the pandemic itself is enough. You don't want to have to make two things, do you? Just make one. Just make COVID a bit stronger. Yeah, all that, all that. Um, all I'm saying is like, careful, your foil hat's getting in the way of the microphone. Just take it off for a second. Uh, I know, I know. I'm not saying I believe any of this. Literally, I'm just saying like if. I am. I, I will say I am a believer that uh, overpopulation is could be a very, very, very quick way of solving climate change. Um, all of a sudden, you've got four billion people on the planet, and you know, oh wow, okay, that's given us some some breathing space. Which yeah, which four billion? <laughs> I don't want to go into it. It would have to be. I don't know. Oh, God, we've got, we've done a whole podcast. It'd be about really this. useless if you just if you just did the four billion of the you know the third world countries. The ones who are just, you know, like 
hunting and gathering and you know the indigenous populations if you killed kill all them that wouldn't make any difference why because they're not creating any emissions well i read an inch so that you i think you make a really good point there in fact we'll, we'll fuck it let's go down this rabbit hole because we did um we did this thought experiment once before and i argued that we should um or i hypothesized the idea that perhaps it would be better if we kept all the intelligent people like you know the particle physicists and all the scientists and just got rid of all the dickheads really dickheads um, well i'd love to get rid of all the dickheads wouldn't you all right i see you know what I mean? Like politi- I you were like poli- labelling people who weren't particle physicists dickheads. Well, politicians for a start, but done with them. See mm. ya. Lobbyists, like out the window. Mm. You know, if you've got a job mm. that's, you know, mm. good idea, Adolf. Yeah, I know. That's what I mean. But so anyway, my, but then uh, Dominic, my physio, uh, was like, "What about if you did the opposite and saved all the indigenous people that lived off the land, exactly what you just put forward, mm. and killed off all the people that were." you know Developed. trying to get to the moon and mars and mm. stuff like that even though i don't necessarily believe that but i was like oh that's a really interesting thought like mm. that would you know so and there and there was a really great quote from the sam harris podcast that i listened to th- for the third time now mm. with lex friedman mm. um was saying that like if everyone overnight who knew coding was just to die in their sleep how long would it be until we got the internet back <laughs> yeah, you know yeah. what i mean like yeah. it would you know what I mean? There's a select group of people mm. that have the collective intelligence to keep all this up and running. Mm. Um, and if they just died, like we, we, you know, like how would you, if if your phone broke and you know there wasn't Amazon or the internet, how would you fix I think, it? Uh, I think probably I would I'd go to my cupboard, get out the the wooden wheel and the stick, and uh, <laughs> go out the door as the, the clouds parted. <laughs> rub my eyes and look at the sky and be like oh this is life yeah exactly but it's it's just it's just an interesting way of thinking that yeah i don't know i i think if we did get if there was an enormous shift in population and we were all of a sudden four billion on the planet then i think um it would definitely give us a lot of breathing as you know if survival of the species was your priority but which half you know, mm. am I abdicating genocide? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Perhaps. Yeah. But for the saviour of the species. No, that's not, we're, not, we're not worth it. No? Well, that, so that's the other option. We're just like, okay, cool, let's just keep pumping plastic in the ocean and... That's not the other option. We've had this conversation. No, go on, what's the other option? What, like, you know, it's not, like, why, why do we get a binary choice? Again. Either everyone dies or we carry on pumping or we get a little better at what we're doing and Coca-Cola decide to go back to glass or, you know, or cardboard or maybe put some money that they, I think maybe they've got a couple of quid tucked away. Maybe they could (laughs) put some R&D into, you know, a material that doesn't fuck up the earth. I imagine, like, hypothetically, all right, maybe I'm not the dictator of the world, but I own Coca-Cola. And I'm like, I've probably got a a spare, like, four, let's call it ten mil that I probably wouldn't even notice. Mm. Maybe, just maybe, I could pay someone to a researcher that can develop a material that degrades appropriately, you know, spends enough time in the fridge, and if you don't buy it in X amount of time, then, you know, that that Coca-Cola's gone off because it doesn't have quite as many E numbers or, you know, MSG in it. You're not addicted to it because it hasn't got remnants of cocaine in it. Mm. I guess. Um, we've gone off on too many... There's so many things I wanted to talk 
to to retort about that, but um, I don't think that's the that's the, that's definitely not the number one issue. But there's so I think that what I'm saying is, it would there's so many different issues that we'd have to fix and correct and, and course correct. It would be too hard because we can't even get people to give up their own privileges um, willingly. Like you know the freedoms that we have, we don't want to give them up. We don't want to give up our iPhones. We don't want to give up our GPS. We don't want to look at maps again. We want, we're literally willing, you know, people. We're, we're, but those know. people will remain when you kill four billion of them. Yeah. And then and then we'll just create it again. This, the, you know, it's... No, because the shock of, like, being four billion people less would be like, oh, fuck, that, that was, you know, that was my family members. But then th- this is this is a ridiculous... It's hypothetical, hypothetical. I know. It's, but because, it's a but, thought experiment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, like, if, you, if you're basing your success on the fact that, like, the event is going to be shocking enough to change people, really the crux of that is we need to change people. So, really, if you're, if you're creating this fantasy world where you can kill four billion people with a click of a mouse then can't we just be in a fantasy world where we can change people rather than kill them? Because really, all you're instigating is shock to change. So let's just have the change without the murder of four billion people. Yeah, uh, all right, I concede. I think, I don't know, man, I don't know. I'm just saying that, like, I, I things don't look promising. The route that we're on does, like, I think, you know, the asteroid has passed zero barrier. We're, we're steering... The Titanic too late. We're already gonna hit the iceberg. Love that Titanic today, don't you? I do, but like we're already gonna hit the iceberg, man. And so, what's your point? I don't know, man. I'm just thinking that make hay while the sun shines. Eat, drink, and be merry. For tomorrow we die. <laughs> Greta, you're doing a stand-up job, but I'm too late. You're too late. We're all fucked. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Well, anyway. Um, should we end on a lighter note? Do you have a, a funny anecdote for us, or a, perhaps a light-hearted joke? I have neither of those. No. Okay. Cool. Well, uh, have a great day. <laughs> <laughs> See you later, pals. Peace Bye. out. Bye. Hey, we couldn't leave you there like that. Uh, we have come back. P.S. P.S. Um, we have researched the the willy fish. <laughs> it's it's like actually called a willy fish. I googled willy fish, and it came out straight away. And uh, there is a creature, uh, and it, it's it was said to lurk invisibly in the water until the taste of human urine was detected, at which point it would make a beeline for the source before ascending the length of the liquid column, entering the penis itself, where it would lay millions of eggs that hatch and devour the bladder. There you go. What do you Sounds think of that? Sounds absolutely horrifying. Mm. Deathly tales. It is really... Not something you want to encounter, yeah. encounter in the uh, in the Amazonian rivers. Lucky for me, it would never happen, would it? Unless it found a way to get in my leg bag. Oh, <laughs> hey, got to chew through plastic. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Won't be getting through my catheter. <laughs> won't be getting in my urethra. You have to find a very small one. <laughs> exactly, but uh, I believe actually the story is too good to be true. Too good to be true. Too bad to be true. Yeah, um, because uh. Well, 
you say that the, the well, the, yeah, we we did look it up, and uh, the 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 species does exist. It's called uh, kanduri, is it? Yeah, something like yeah, some um, sort of catfish. And uh, yeah, a catfish. That's right. And it does uh, have a tendency to to ram itself into into small places, and it's got barbed spines that that help it um, reside there, uh, even when you know even when wiggling occurs. Mm. But um, it's actually only anecdotal evidence that that's ever happened uh, to anyone's penis. Yeah. And uh, there's no scientific proof, and it's even um, now tried and tested that their hunting uh, methods are using their eyes, not using their smell. So they're not smelling the scent of your wee in the water. Mm. So the article does end where it says... According to the latest reviews, there exists no substantiated evidence that that ever happens. Mm. Um, so there you go. Myth or truth? Mm. Smash mouth or not Nazis. <laughs> exactly. And with that, we bid you a fair good day, good morning, good afternoon and good night. Peace out. Bye.